0: I actually feel like Rahm Emanuel, (laughs) you know, I I think, I think the second time I was reappointed, you know, I think you might've asked him, so why are you doing it? And he said, he's the devil I know. And that's exactly right.
1: Hi everybody. I'm Franz Spielman. My guest this week is the man who was Chicago's longest serving inspector general, and some believe the best inspector general that this city has ever seen. And that's saying something in a city with such a sordid history of corruption. Joe Ferguson, thank you for joining us.
0: Fran, delighted to be talking to you.
1: And how are you? What are you doing now? And what are your plans for the future?
0: um i am uh, uh after a little period of decompression and a wonderful stint at the institute of politics david axelrod's institute of politics at the university of chicago i am uh, standing up a, a, a civic project right now um that um, hopefully we'll put on the table um to the people of the city um uh, an avenue to examine the structure of our government and how it is different in Chicago from everywhere else in the United States and how those differences tie to our chronic ills. So um, still um, in the ball game. Uh, I hope, maybe swinging a different bat, but uh, we can talk about that a little bit as we go.
1: Yeah. What is that civic project? How will that differ from, say, the BGA or some of these other good government groups?
0: So um, uh, I've actually been in conversation with all of those good government groups, and what they all do is lean into um, more specific things, um, whether it's investigative or um, uh, sort of in the way of misconduct or examining sort of the inadequacies and the operations of a program. This looks to the larger government, um, how power operates, who holds it, how it's Uh, balanced. And in Chicago, it's not balanced. An extraordinary amount of power is held by the mayor. There really are no checks and balances. The city council is not an effective and meaningful check and partner with that essential tension that drives the actual vetting of policy proposals that result in better outcomes, the metrics that we need to actually meaningfully examine how well um, our government is operating. These things are all examined in uh, the the, the overall structure is examined in every major city in the United States except Chicago. And in fact, Chicago hasn't looked at its governance structure in about seven, almost eight decades. And in some respects, we have a 19th century sort of machine patronage culture poured into a 20th century government um, that um, isn't very well situated to meet 21st century communities and problems it's groundhog day here always and and you um having reported long and well no, very much you know you can almost write the same story in varying cycles in just about any area of our city every couple of years and the question is why and that goes to aspects of how our government operates those good government organizations are very very much interested in this and are welcoming uh, of of partnering um, in it, but it's looking at the overall structure rather than individual aspects of it, which is what I did as inspector general, looked for individual aspects of it, and I left feeling like for all the good work we bring forward, things don't change. So why is that? It's in the nature of the structure of our governance system.
1: So will you be recommending changes in governance structure, <sighs> and what power will you have to bring about that change other than the bully pulpit?
0: it, it so it's so it 's a little bit of bully pulpit, but um there's a there's a nuance here which um, is going to be hard because obviously I have my views of things, but in other cities, um, this is decided by the people in 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 what are called commissions, charter commissions or home rule commissions that um, uh, in contemporary times in places like New York, in places like Los Angeles, in places like Portland, Oregon. Um, Are are, are operate um, out of values of participatory democracy. They're very citizen-driven, with lots of citizen input. Um, I'll give you an example. New York, when it hit a hard reset on the structure of its government, did over 200 um, community hearings, um, hearing from every facet of the constituencies there. And so I I could prescribe um, my thoughts, but I'm just another guy who sat in a position of power talking at people. um, That's not these times. The people of the city need to understand, actually, it doesn't need to be the way it is. (laughs) And they actually have a voice in it. So what I'm hoping to do is, is, and what I'm doing right now, working with the with with folks at the University of Chicago. I've got a wonderful cohort of graduate students working with me this summer doing foundational research that will carry through the year. My hope is that there will be a conference um, just ahead of the mayoral, the, the heartland of the mayoral election season, to put a charter commission and, and how other cities go about examining how well its government operates on the table as a campaign issue. I've spoken to a number of, of people who are declared candidates who are either full-on advocates or very intrigued by this. Um, We have to attend to immediate problems, but we have to also be looking at the bigger picture and the longer run. And that's what I'm hoping to do is to put this information on the table um, and and not tell people what it is that we need to do, but tell people there is an existing best practice, well-tested mechanism in every major municipality in the country that examines this, and we should too.
1: Are you likely to propose, for example, shrinking the size of the city council?
0: Always the first place. Government
1: that, <laughs> <agencies>?
0: <laughs> Always the first place that everybody goes, right? And 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 logically so. Look, um, one of the things that I, I would intend to do with evidence and with analysis and comparative analysis um, is r- really highlight aspects of the city council and how it operates that makes it less than effective and makes it less than effective in relation to the powers that it might or or that it could wield um, in relation to the mayor. That folks always say, well, should we have a smaller city council? Maybe we should, but maybe we shouldn't. Maybe it goes more to how the council operates with 50 members. New York City has approximately the same size council, but it's three times larger. So why did New York sort of hit on that number? we have the number 50. The number 50 goes back literally a century. So why is the number still 50? We should examine why, the, why, why that is and whether that in couple, coupled with other powers. And so here, the city council, it does not have an effective committee structure the mayor essentially decides the committee chairs the committee chairs many of them actually seldom meet there was a wonderful reporting that was done um, by uh, a collaborative of the daily line and cranes and wbz that showed that half of the committees of the chicago city council either don't meet or do only ceremonial work and we devote resources and personnel to that one of my last One of my last audits or one of the last audits released during my tenure was about the city council and the fact that many of the committees simply take committee staff and apply them to their own um, individual ward services rather than the work of the committee. So there is no expertise that builds and is reposed in the city council to be a meaningful vetter and check on what it is that the mayor is coming forward with. And there's almost a kind of learned helplessness in the city council. And that is not good for getting to the best policies, the most scrutinized policies, the most effective legislative oversight for the purposes of the city as a whole.
1: You and the mayor were colleagues at the U.S. Attorney's Office. When you were appointed by Mayor Daly to succeed David Hoffman, she was among those who recommended you and sang your praises. There were even questions when she was elected about whether your prior friendship would get in the way. Boy, did we turn out to be wrong about that. She gets into (laughs) office and very quickly, the tensions develop between the mayor and her watchdog to the point where she publicly and privately criticizes you, declares her intention to make a change, and ultimately prompts you to jump before being pushed. What happened between the two of us, Give uh, the two of you rather? Give us a look behind the scenes. What was the breaking point? What happened?
0: Um, if, if we were, if we were in a video medium, which hopefully someday we can all reconvene in that, that context, um, you'd see me shrugging my shoulders right now. I don't know. <laughs> she, she, is, there is no behind the scenes to be perfectly, uh, uh candid about it. Um, I, I haven't had a one-on-one conversation with Lori Lightfoot and I'm going to refer to her as Lori Lightfoot, um, uh, since before she was sworn in as mayor. Um, uh, this in, and so it, it, and this is someone who won 74% of the vote in the runoff in 2019. And there were a lot of people, including people who were opponents in the first round of that election who ultimately said, she's the one I'm going to go with her. We're all scratching our head and, and her treatment of me publicly, you know, I, 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 it, it, it confused me. Uh, and certainly I, 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 I pushed back and said what I felt I needed to say at various junctures in relation to the job. Um, but I also, you know, in deeper retrospect, um, recognize this is kind of how she treats Everybody, so I don't want to what make. What does it, it say <laughs>
1: about her? I mean, is it that she can't stand criticism? That she surrounds herself with people who tell her what she wants to hear rather than what she needs to hear? What is it about this? Because I have never understood why Chicago mayors cannot see that an aggressive inspector general, an independent one, is to their benefit, to the city's benefit.
0: Um, you know on that last point, let me just say um and 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 I've always I've always gotten criticism for saying anything nice about Rahm Emanuel. But the fact of the matter is is Rahm emanuel recognized that, um, and the candidate Lori Lightfoot and Lori Lightfoot is head of the police board, and Lori Lightfoot and other guys is, 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 is spoke of recognizing that. Rahm actually did a heck of a lot to um, improve uh, and enhance the powers of the Inspector General. The first couple of years, we did not get along uh, in the sort of civic engagement, at uh, the level of civic engagement and discourse. But he faced a, a crisis, a corruption crisis, and suddenly the switch went off. Um, and I will tell you, Rahm Emanuel, Richard Daly, we met quarterly. We had discussions, whether times were good or times were bad. Um, about you know, problems in the city, things that I was seeing that we weren't going to be able to actually investigate or, or audit. Um, and they would express things that were of concern to them that with, with, without any sort of, 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 of sort of uh, di- direction or order to me, but just putting on the table for my consideration. They identified and put on the table things where they're, they're concerned and, and said would benefit from an independent examination. None of that happened with Lori.
1: And what it. does that say about, is she a real reformer or a phony one? Because a lot of people have said that they're very disappointed in her.
0: So, so um, uh, relative to the rhetoric of the campaign, certainly um, uh, performance has not lived up to that. Um, and How I, not? I would How say not
1: that, In terms of uh, reform and transparency that she campaigned on.
0: Well, let's 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 you know look at something that is very particular to um, what what I used to do as the inspector general. Um, uh, uh, She uh, campaigned um, on the notion of the consolidation of oversight functions. Um, I've sort of long spoken of the fact of. Chicago is being a little bit like the solar system. There are all these planetary bodies circling the sun. They're all independent. Those are the sister agencies, but they're all under the gravitational sway of, of the mayor. And oversight of each of those bodies is itself balkanized. If the mayor holds this sort of overarching influence and power, oversight needs to be somewhat consonant with that. As a candidate, um, Lori Laurie, Laurie spoke in those terms. Um, in in the reality, um, nothing remotely like that was done, and quite the contrary. And let's take the context of of the Park District, with Tim uh, Dan sorry Dan Michalopoulos's wonderful work for WBEZ and now WBEZ sometimes um, on the um, lifeguard scandal. Um, uh, far from recognizing that as a moment and an opportunity to say, this is exactly what I as a candidate was noting about the problems of balkanized oversight. And, and, and in a moment where um, her ally, Scott Wagstaff, said, you know, the Chicago, the city IG really should be stepping into this because something's way wrong here. Um, she circled the wagons, said, scoffed at the notion of any of, of the park district I.G., which she had been critical of as a candidate, as sort of not being effectual. Um, she went in the complete other direction, and what that's about, um, I, I can only I can only sort of broadly surmise, in the same way that you would, which is. Well, the lens is now on her, and she would prefer that lens not be sharp and not be effective. Um, But that's exactly what you you just noted in the beginning. It's a challenge to embrace um, oversight. And sometimes IGs are like going to the dentist, and sometimes they're like going to the proctologist. Um, Or
1: paying taxes or uh, other hateful (laughs) things that we avoid.
0: (laughs) That's that's right. Um, and, and, but that's, that's part of what makes us better overall. And you're right. Um, some folks have a hard time with that. I actually feel like Rahm Emanuel, (laughs) you know, I, I think, I think the second time I was reappointed, you know, I think you might've asked him, so why are you doing it? And he said, he's the devil I know. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. right.
1: Right. So does she deserve to be reelected? as a mayor who emerged from a pack of 14 during the Burke scandal, as the reformer, the federal prosecutor, the shine in the light person.
0: If we put it, if we put it in those narrow terms, the answer is she did not deliver. But of course the job of mayor is much, much bigger. And she's had extraordinarily Challenging circumstances um, to deal with the pandemic, which I think overall, uh, in terms from a public health perspective, um, a great job. Um, I saw in the news that she teared up in introducing uh, Allison Arwadi, the um, public health commissioner for the city, recently because of the work that Allison has done. I completely agree with that, and the mayor should take credit for actually making sure the right person was in the right place and doing that. But in so many other respects, the the job of the mayor involves a whole series of both ands, And that really needs to be soberly assessed. If we include in the concept of reformer, reform of the police department under the consent decree and otherwise, um, that has fallen way short of the mark, but she's not the only one she's not the only one to, to, to blame there. I mean, we have an almost invisible consent decree monitor. Um, the com- people in community that I speak to doesn't know what the monitor does. And frankly, there's not good reason for them to know what the monitor does. There is no push. And on the crime issue, um, you know, it, name the top three issues going into this campaign, I would go with crime, crime, and crime. We're not doing well there. And fiscally, um, we are facing something of a cliff. We have the benefit of federal largesse and and, and the creation of a lot of uh, progressively oriented pilot programs for which there is no funding stream in the future. And we have not tended to our structural deficit in a way that um, uh, anticipates that those federal funds aren't gonna be flowing to us uh, or gonna be available to us after 2023. So there's a lot to be looked at. And in some respect, Fran, um, circumstances made her mayor, circumstances made her a good mayor in some respects and a not so good mayor in other respects. I would say for everybody that um, this is incumbency should not come with presumptions and that there should be a fresh examination across the board um, of where we are, um, where we could have been, and where we need to be, and and a new assessment as to whether she's the right person for
1: that. Will you be supporting her or will you be supporting someone else?
0: I'm gonna do exactly what um, all other uh, members of the the public, I hope, um, uh, do which is to very closely scrutinize and and i hope the media asks all the hard questions not just of her but of all the candidates where we're you know I, i i i i will confess to being predisposed to the issue of competency because for 12 years that's partly what i was supposed to be looking at um this is a competency moment because our chronic problems really Uh, are as bad as ever, and maybe even in some respects worse. And that's not to say that the mayor is at fault for them being worse. Some of them I think she may be, others not so much. But um, uh, this is a competence moment, and we should really look at who has the competency um, to lead, not simply run, but lead a really, really complex Uh, undertaking of a major city. I think mayors have the hardest job in America and in American politics. There was a recent article about governors having the best job in politics in America. I kind of agree with that. Mayors have the hardest job. And so we should all be given the fresh look.
1: After you left, Mayor Lifet made the rather extraordinary statement that she wanted to replace you with a new inspector general who knew how to stay in their lane. What was your reaction to that statement? And what did it say about Lightfoot? And then were you surprised when she did choose Deborah Witzberg after months of delay?
0: So um, the months of delay were unforgivable because the process of the uh, independent um, search committee, um, which I'd say we'd all benefit in the future from there, from there being a great deal more transparency and public reporting on that process. Um, but Deborah's name was provided to the mayor in, in December of last year. And um uh we had to wait months more because they were asked to go the committee was asked to go back to the well and do another search, which signaled maybe she didn't want to appoint Deborah, but they, at the end of the day, Deborah's a wonderful choice, and the mayor made that choice. So the mayor gets credit for that. The stay in your lane thing. But did
1: she try to find did she try to find someone else twice? Is
0: that, 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 that what happened? <laughs> that's that's how it looks to me, but I'm not on the inside. Um, in yeah. some respect, I'm reading tea leaves with a little bit more uh, insight than other people, but I'm still reading tea leaves and that's open to interpretation, but that's sure how it looked. but that's not where we are now. The process if the process had more transparency to it, um, then we wouldn't be asking these questions and and quite frankly at a at a time when people, have do not have confidence in government and how things are done. The transparency would be helpful for us all, but she landed in a good place. Um, in staying in the
1: lane business, Deborah says well, this, she's this, not staying in her
0: lane. <laughs> here's, what about here's, that? <laughs> I I you know I'm, I'm chuckling now. I was chuckling when I heard uh, how how Deborah handled it, um, and I chuckled a little bit when the mayor said it, even though. It, you know, it rubbed the wrong way in some respect. I was still chuckling. Here's the thing, here's the thing. When, uh, when, when you're driving 20 miles over the speed limit or you're changing lanes wildly without signaling and the police pull up behind you, put on the lights and tell you to pull over, the response is not, hey, this is my lane, stay in your own lane. <laughs> you pull over. That's kind of what IGs do and if the right. if the ig is going off the highway where you know the police is going outside their jurisdiction okay but if we're on the road and 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 you're speeding yeah you pull over
1: the mayor is sticking with police superintendent david brown whom she went around the police board to choose. Should she? I mean, you talk about crime. It is foremost on the minds of Chicago voters, and rightfully so. She says progress is being made in shootings and homicides incrementally and rather significantly in some of the most violent areas. Does Brown deserve to be retained? And if not, why not?
0: Um, I, I I, I think the answer is no. Um, he was dealt uh, an extraordinary hand coming in, and 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 Fran, you just made a made mention of of a little bit of of going around the police board. I think that's that was the bigger story of of Eddie Johnson, in which we which the mayor then Rahm Emanuel literally suspended the the legally uh, dictated process to handpick his own person. Um, I think with respect to David Brown. There's probably a steering uh, of, of the police board, which is a very problematic uh, organization, quite frankly, um, towards an outcome that the mayor wanted. Um, some of this goes to why it is that I believe that the structure of our government, the absence of a charter, the absence, which, which is basically a constitution, a higher form of, of law dictating how appointments are made and who holds the authority and so on and so forth, um, is necessary because in this city, if it's reduced to a, something in the municipal code and the mayor doesn't like it, um, it just gets ignored or it gets bypassed. Um, but back to David Brown, um, if, if the metric is a narrow range of improving um, uh, uh, numbers um, this year relative to prior years, uh, okay, except that's not the metric the broad numbers of violence crime are up. They're up extraordinarily since 2019. Um, And um, the leadership of the superintendent really has just been lurching uh, about. Um, And I I, I will tell you the thing that pains me um, most is not only um, uh, the, 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 the atmosphere of the city that is now racked with violent crime in all neighborhoods, um, but what is being done to police officers? Um, the dispiriting experience of constantly being yanked about, changed, you know, you're in your district, you're on a detail, there's, a, there's you know, there's the big units, you go back, um, your days off are revoked constantly while leadership is taking their days off. Um, And the numbers are shrinking in the police department and people don't want to be police officers. Um, Our our police officers need care and feeding. And there's one person responsible for that. That's the superintendent with the support of the mayor.
1: That's not happening. They're running for the hills. They can't retire fast enough. We're down like 2000 officers.
0: Yep. We are down two thousand. We are down approximately we're approaching two thousand officers from when the mayor took office. And that is extraordinary.
1: It's frightening. I mean, when you think about it, that's why the days off are being canceled. They're being worked to the frazzle because there aren't enough of them.
0: Completely agreed. And look, America has a problem with policing in that we've never had a conversation of what we want police to do. Um, Police officers just want to be told what their job is and in much the same fashion as all of us know what their job is as they're heading to the heading to work each day and, you know, knowing when they're going to go home. Um, uh, We're all over the map. And this is really not good management. Um, A vast majority of what's in the consent decree actually goes to the support of police officers whether it's the professionalization through training through supervision but it also goes to their well-being as well um, the early intervention systems that identify officers in crisis are in stress we all know that chicago has a very high rate of police suicides that's one metric um, but we are not we are not driving that and so um, at this moment of greater societal uptick in crime, when we need our officers most, and when we need officers to be duly supported by the institutions and the structures around them with all of the requisite resources and support, we're not hitting the mark. And that—that that is particular to the superintendent.
1: Former BGA chairman and CEO Andy Shaw wrote an op-ed in the Tribune last Sunday, talking about you as a potential mayoral challenger. He advocated for a change in the law that would allow you to run. The ordinance now says you cannot run uh, two years after leaving the IG's office. You have to wait that long. Is that legal? Should the law be changed? And is there any chance that if it were, you'd be interested in running for mayor?
0: So the law is um, uh, unconstitutional at the federal and state level. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But it's also the law. Um, And having having devoted um, my career to um, the rule of law and to the enforcement of law and to the abiding by the standards of law, um, I would never do anything that started out with violating the law. Um, And the right way to do that is to actually have the law changed, whether it's through through a court action or legislative action. And that should be done. And there's no question about that. But as for its bearing on me, um, uh, I will say I will say this. Um, elections are about the person, a person, um, going back to where we started. I think we have a paradigm problem. And in this moment, um, what I've decided is my best contribution, um, to trying to make the city better is to address the paradigm. Um, there's, we, we need a reset of the structure of our government. Um, every other city in the United States does it. Um, and examines the structure of its government I'd, I'm going to put on the table the information for us to actually examine and go about it in a in a truly participatory way it can be disregarded but I think even the framing of of the notion that um, that the government belongs to the people this is a democracy project that I'm embarking on and um, uh, That's revolutionary in Chicago. Chicago needs to catch up to all of its peer cities in that regard. So this is a paradigm, not a person moment. I'm very okay. But
1: if the law were changed, if somebody else took this on, got the thing overturned, would you consider it?
0: No, not no. I've 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 committed. I've I really do believe that there are some wonderful people who are running for mayor Um, and um, like good humans. Who do you like?
1: Who do you like? Um,
0: (laughs) I like them. I like a number of them in different ways. And I'll, I'll you know, to you did that, you know, I'll to anticipate your follow up. I, you know, I've already spoken to the fact that competence, executive competence is a really important thing right now because the problems are huge. Who There's are the
1: executives one, who are competent in this? There there. Is, there, the there
0: we, we, we clearly have one one person who is a declared candidate with that sort of resume, who is a crisis manager, who is a, um, uh, a, a, a sort of a, a, an organizational trans trans transformer of a figure. That's Paul Vallis. But the other folks, you know, they have other strengths as well. And I think the people of the city need to decide what their priority is. I look at Cam Buckner and I say next generation. Wonderful, wonderful guy leaning into the uh, some of the legislative challenges of our times. But he's never run anything. Is that what we want? Do we want someone who's a convener and a leader who doesn't actually understand the machinery of the city? Well, maybe we do. I look at Rod Sawyer and I say, that's a guy. And I'll tell you, Rod Sawyer, Rod Sawyer has great stories about about the history of Chicago because he was still a student when his dad became mayor. Um, he knows this city, and his critique is a really important one at this time. Is that what we want? um and and would he would he actually be able to do the job of being the executive? Um Raymond Lopez, um, uh, he has very, very incisive critique about certain aspects of things from his time in the city council. These people all have qualities. I think only one of them right now, as I see it, and and maybe we'll have a couple more candidates um uh, uh actually measures up in terms of resume comparative to the mayor but i'm going to be doing the same assessment as everybody else as to what we really need in this moment
1: it sounds like you're leaning to- toward paul Vallis.
0: um look i'm a competence guy uh competency guy and 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 there's no question that his resume um, is distinctive in, in that regard and um, is sort of is a is a sort of good counter and and, and equal measure to the mayor. But I'm going to be looking to the rest because, you know what, we're at an inflection point in many ways. The fear about Chicago is it becomes Detroit. I don't think it becomes Detroit. I My, my greater fear, my fear is it becomes Philadelphia, a really large city that's too big to fail, too important, too diverse a base but finds itself in a place where it misses a generational moment, and sort of is in this sort of purgatory for a long, long time. Um, uh, Big cities operate on the edge because it has to deal with all of the inequities and all of the externalities of free market societies. The hardest problems of America are in its cities. Um, And every generation, one or two cities, because of broader circumstances, tips over to the wrong side and goes into a period of decline. Chicago is at risk of that unless it attends to its chronic ills immediately. And so competency for me is a big issue here.
1: Quick things before you go. The great Chicago, Chicago giveaway, gas cards, vendor cards, bicycles, security cameras, motion detectors, guaranteed minimum income. Is all of that legal for her to do that with city money?
0: Um, <laughs> It is legal. And I think I, 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 I on the one in, in one in one respect, it's 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 legal. Um, uh, on another respect, um, it's it's unseemly. There's no question it's unseemly. I, I look at these sorts of situations. You know, there was a long period where the mayor, the mayor had conferred on her emergency powers of all sorts, particularly in yeah. relation to the expenditure of covid money and, and and Recovery Act money. and 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 this is of a piece with it. Um, we, need to re- we need to reset those powers again. The paradigm, um, but as for as for this, these sorts of things, um, uh, uh, it, it it it's unseemly to me. Um, and I, I look at it in in particular relation not to like the the simple giveaways, um, but the more complex giveaways. There there is something that has been that has been branded and marketed as the biggest um, universal uh, basic income, guaranteed basic income program in the country. It is a $30 million giveaway to 5,000 people when the applicants numbered well over 100,000. That is um, a, a, a set amount of money um, that is not um, necess- is not sufficient to actually meet basic living needs for one year only, one year only. If you were having a guaranteed basic income program, you should do so in a way that scales up to basic need and actually provides for the long-term revenue stream. And, and this is a problem with a lot of what goes on is very transactional, not really thought out in terms of broader policy perspective and vision. And frankly, I, I think a lot of these things are, are a reflective, reflection of exactly that, Fran, a, a lack of vision and a lack of, of 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 thought about what we need to do bigger to scale. But in the meantime, we're just gonna give people stuff. That's how it and, looks to me.
1: And the casino, how she handled it. She creates a committee of the city council and then she automatically endorses ballys, rams it through the council.
0: The mayor, the mayor runs the city council. That is, you know, when, when, when I had my confirmation hearing, (laughs) I remember um, uh, uh, Alderman, Alderman Bernie Stone, um, colorful character, sure, you well recall, um, uh, said to me, do you believe in the constitution of the United States? I'm like, yeah, of course, I'm a federal prosecutor. Do you believe in the constitution of the of the state of Illinois? Yeah, of course, I'm a prosecutor. Do you <laughs> believe in checks and balances? Yeah, the city council thinks of itself as sort of the legislative check. Um, again, I go back to the phrase learned helplessness. The mayor runs the city council. There is no good outcome anywhere in which a single person Basically, decides everything. You need that critical tension. We need a city council that actually has the expertise and works together collectively through a structure that actually puts the mayor to the test and doesn't let things just get rammed through. The concern about the casino, both in terms of process and in terms of outcome, you know, it's fair to make a comparison to the parking meter deal. We're 12 years into the parking meter deal. Um, the company to whom we leased um, the parking meters has already well exceeded the return on investment. And they've got 63 years to just make money. That should be our money. And I'm afraid we're doing the same thing with the casino. Certainly the part of it where there was a drop in at the last minute of the Medina temple um, without any sort of community input whatsoever or engagement um, th- that that. That's that's so old school. That's old school Chicago that's going on there. And whose fault is that? Is it the mayor's fault? No, it's the city council's fault. They're the one that's supposed to be the check. We need to restructure government to actually make sure we have that. And that the city council actually is carrying sort of the voice and the perspective of the communities and of the people into structured committee hearings that put the mayor to the test both at the front end and at the back end in terms of actual performance, especially when it comes to things like like taxes, um, which at the front end, the mayor got the council to just go along with the notion that we're gonna have an automatic inflation-based increase of property taxes, which means our property taxes go up every year without anyone having to account for it. That is not government. That is not good governance. Um, and so we need to actually restructure aspects of our government to make sure that it is aligned with our needs and it, is, it includes our perspective and our voice in the decisions that are made.
1: And finally, quickly, you left uh, with a final warning about three issues plaguing the police departments: shot spider technology, shoddy record keeping that got in the way of case cases and case management and pursuing them, and the error field database for gangs. Has any of that been solved yet?
0: Not, again, I'm now on the outside, but, um, and some of these I, 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 I can say more definitively. Um, the answer is no, generally. And this is where the silence of the monitor um, is deafening. Um, and I, 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 I know Maggie Hickey and I worked with her and I have admiration for her. We were together at the US Attorney's Office as well. Um, but we, 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 the Chicago police department isn't going to change without a real kick in the pants, uh, coming from the monitor. It can't just be the IG. It certainly isn't the city council right now, um, with the mayor's, with the mayor's handpicked public safety committee chair, Chris Taliaferro, who is not moving any needle in any direction. It's got to come from the monitor while the IG, while COPA continues to do the work that it's supposed to be doing, but a bigger voice is needed. Um, So no. And with respect to and since you mentioned the record keeping, I will say that is an example of 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 a bigger problem that we have right now is the focus is all on the on CPD. um, But there are issues that go to the bigger criminal justice system and a mayor should be a convener of all of the players in the criminal justice system to talk about how collectively we're going to come together and work coordinately to improve the whole and that's not what we have right now. We have all of the all of the players um, sniping uh, and arguing with each other in public. I mean, the, the, the mayor's the mayor's pronouncement earlier this week with respect to um, uh, basically overriding the United States constitutional <laughs> presumption of innocence and, and neglecting law and tradition. Um, And casting aspersions on the chief judge and on the the, the state's attorney, that's not where we need to be. The mayor needs to be a convener of all of these folks to work together to the greater good, which everyone should be motivated to serving collectively. Um, So we're not moving in the right direction in any of those realms right now.
1: Joe Ferguson, I wish you the very best. You're fascinating to talk to. We look forward to your new new venture and uh, we'll see whether that law is changed. And we will see you all next week.
0: Fran, thank you.